You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes first from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 18. I'll be reading verses 9 through 14, and I'm going to invite you into your pew Bibles if you, uh, if you want to grab one and read along with me, or if you brought a Bible with you today that you want to look up the scripture in. But we're going to be on page 109 in the New Testament of the pew Bibles as we hear this story from Luke's Gospel. Jesus also told this parable to those who were sure of their own goodness and despised everybody else. Once there were two men who went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood apart by himself and prayed, I thank you, God, that I am not greedy or dishonest or an adulterer like everybody else. I thank you that I am not like that tax collector over there. I fast two days a week. And I give you a tenth of all of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and would not even raise his face to heaven, but beat on his chest and said, God, have pity on me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, the tax collector and not the Pharisee was in the right with God when he went home. For everyone who makes himself great will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be made great. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer, and we give you thanks for who you are, As we say together, amen. One of my favorite group games to play with large groups of people is a game called Would You Rather? It's a forced choice game between two different choices, and then you have the option to explain your rationale. Sometimes people are given the option to choose between slightly more tolerable in two undesirable options. Like, would you rather wear a snowsuit in Hawaii or a swimsuit in Antarctica? Sometimes people make choices based on their genuine preferences. And what I like about would you rather is that sometimes questions have the ability to spark serious and moral debates. The catch of would you rather is that you cannot say both and you cannot say neither. You have to pick one. Are you ready to play? No. You just have to pick. You don't have to support your answer. You just have to pick. Scott, I put several of these up here. We're going to get to like two of them. So let's go ahead and put one of them up. Would you rather name all the animals on the uh, uh, name all the animals like Adam did, or build the ark like Noah? Go talk amongst yourselves. Okay, here's the next one. Would you rather be, or would you rather hear Jesus preach or watch Jesus perform a miracle? Ooh. 
Here's the next one. Would you rather be a Pharisee or a tax collector? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Would you rather be a Pharisee or a tax collector? Pharisees? A couple of you? Okay. Tax collectors. Wow. I might have to change part of the back half of my sermon because I've never seen a group agree on a would-you-rather question before. That was, that was pretty impressive. Unlike other would-you-rather questions, this one does seem to have a right answer, doesn't it? And you all seem to have found the right answer. What's interesting, though, is that the original hearers disagree with you. In a world of would you rather be a Pharisee or a tax collector, the world in Jesus' time would have much rather been the Pharisee. Because see, the Pharisees were held in high regard. The Pharisees were the super religious. They were a group of Jewish faith that followed the law of God down from, the, from Aleph to Tav, which is the first, first and last letters of the Hebrew alphabet. But just following the law of God wasn't enough. The Pharisees also followed the laws of the ancestors, and they rigorously and vigilantly lived out their faith. And there is a modern temptation to villainize the Pharisees because they are so rigid, and so many times in the Gospels they get it wrong. But when it comes to groups in Judaism, Jesus agreed with the Pharisees more often than he did the Sadducees or the Essenes. And despite our modern temptations, the Pharisees in the day of Jesus, the Pharisees were held in high regard by people. They were seen as faithful, and they were seen as good examples of what it meant to follow God. But then you had the tax collectors. The tax collector's story was very different. They were not held in high regard, and Jewish tax collectors were even worse because they were nothing more than blood traders who were working for the hated enemy. See, in Jesus' world, tax collectors bid and purchased the ability to sell or to, to collect taxes in a certain region, and whatever the taxman said you had to pay is what you had to pay. No debate, no forms, no trying to reorganize what our assets look like. What the tax collector said you had to pay is what you had to pay. The trick is, though, that the tax collector could say whatever the tax collector wanted to say. As long as the tax collector satisfied their contract to Rome, it didn't matter what else they collected. What else they collected went into their own pockets. So the tax collectors were seen as the enemy. Not only were they working for the Romans, which everyone hated, they were also making life harder for their friends and neighbors. 
And so if the Pharisees were seen as the paragons of virtue, the tax collectors were seen as the scum on the bottom of the Pharisee's sandal. <laughs> Did I hear someone say, oops, for picking being a tax collector? When Jesus told this odd story about those who were sure of their own goodness, the crowd would have been on the side of the Pharisee. The Pharisee goes into the temple and declares in prayer just how sure he is of his own goodness. Because in prayer we learn that he goes above and beyond the requirements of the law. In prayer, he says, I fast two days a week. The law required the people of God to fast on the Day of Atonement and then in other challenging times. And the Pharisee says that he tithes his entire income. And in the Greek, it's even more than that. It's, it's everything that he has, every possession he has. Tithing your income is required by law, but tithing all of your possessions isn't. And the tax collector is so overwhelmed by being in the presence of God that he can't even say words. He cannot muster up eloquent statements to, to make himself extol his own virtues. All he can say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Would you rather be a Pharisee or a tax collector? Like a lot of would-you-rather questions, this question is messier than you might think. I have never seen a group of people agree 100% on a would-you-rather question. Y'all came close, don't get me wrong, but that wasn't 100%. Even in a story when Jesus tells us the right answer, it's not as cut and dried as you might think. Our initial thought might be that we want to be the Pharisee because the Pharisee is doing everything right. The Pharisee is living out a life of faith that is making a difference not only just in his life but in the world around him. But it sounds to me like the Pharisee is doing all the right things for the wrong reason. Our initial thought might be that we don't want to be the tax collector because he is so corrupt and so crooked and maybe, just maybe, too far gone for even the grace of God. But in the punchline of the parable, Jesus says that it's the tax collector who is in the right with God. It's the tax collector who brought his whole self and the depth of his being without reservation and cried out for mercy. And he leaves in the right with God. Like any good would-you-rather question, we can see the merit of both options. It's a hard question, and I'm going to make it even trickier because we're breaking the rules. We have to pick both. 
because we are the Pharisee and the tax collector simultaneously. We are, as Martin Luther said, both sinner and saint simultaneously. Like the Pharisee, we, are, we, we owe God the, the ability to give our best effort to live a life of faith, to follow God's way and live with an undivided allegiance. But like the tax collector, we owe God our dependence upon divine mercy without reservation or pretense. On that day, in this story that Jesus tells, the tax collector left in right standing with God, but neither of them are far from the kingdom of heaven. Jesus does not condemn the Pharisee for his good work and for his charity and his honor and probably would have approved of all he was doing if only he did it from a pure motive. And so maybe the real question for us isn't about Pharisees and tax collectors at all. Maybe the question is about how we approach God. And unlike any other would-you-rather question, this one has a right answer. Would you rather stand before God on your own merits? or on God's own merits? Would you rather stand before God on your own merits or on God's own merits? And like, don't get me wrong, our merits can look really good. Maybe you're a generous giver, and I know that there are many in this congregation that are generous givers. Maybe you are a tremendous prayer warrior, and I know that there are many in this congregation. Maybe you are a Wesleyan Bible moth and read your Bible cover to cover every year, all year. And I know that there are many in this congregation. And thanks be to God, right? But no matter how good our merits look, there will always be something missing if we stand to God, if we stand before God on our own merits. No matter how good our merits look, there will always be something missing. No matter how good we are, we are still nothing more than a no-good tax collector beating our chest before God and saying, God, have pity on me, a sinner. When we come to that realization, it is then that we can leave this place in right standing with God. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for the opportunity to come before you, to bring our whole selves to you. We just simply ask that you receive us in your presence, that you would strip aside any thing that we bring that's not of you, 
any false pretenses, any desire to bring our own ability, to, 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 to try and stand in our own abilities before you. Because you are God. We are not. And we need you. Empower us to bring our whole selves without reservation before you and to experience your grace, experience your mercy, experience your love, experience your goodness. And then take that to other people so all may live in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.